Welcome back to Ultra Life Today. I am Josh Bell. You on the end is Adam Payne, the CEO and founder of Ultra Botanica. By the way, makers of the curcumin you can feel. It is a unique technology employee that came out of Adam's awesome background with a bunch of cool people at Oklahoma Medical Research Foundation, University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center. We're smack dab in the middle of Oklahoma City, west of the capital, 25,000 square foot pharma manufacturing facility. And we love interviewing people like Dr. Royce Bargas. It gives us this beautiful opportunity to bring someone in that specializes in a certain area of uh, medical practice, but they do it from a mindset that's very different than the standard of care providers that are everywhere, although she does that as well. So Dr. Bargus, again, thank you so much for being here with us. To that recap, question, so this is, yeah. this will, uh, we, for most of our listeners, this will be picking up from last week's broadcast. Right. So Dr. Bargus, you decided to go into uh, functional medicine because of the disillusionment you were getting with conventional medicine. You had a vision for yourself as a child practicing medicine and helping people to achieve health in their lives. You um, got, you were faced with the quagmire of current medicine, which is a diagnose and treat modality of find the diagnosis and then treat the symptoms. And you, uh, in, uh, in your efforts to uh, redefine yourself. You ended up at a hormone conference, and you learned about functional medicine, and you decided to that this was real. That this was really the medicine you wanted to practice. So, tell us about the um, that that. How long did you have to study to get a to get certified in functional medicine? Was this like a uh, a six month? And, uh, and oh, it's a weekend workshop and an online thing that you do in two days. Adam. I mean, so give us some context here. So, how much effort is really required to be to get trained in the fellowship of functional medicine? Right. So, through the Institute of Functional Medicine, so there's two institutions. One's called A4M, and and then there's the Institute for Functional Medicine, which is how I certified. So. It can take up to five years, I think, wow. from the time you take your first module until they want you to have taken your certification exam. I think they allow you five years. And so you can really go at your own pace. For me, I mean, I had a full-time practice, and so this was just kind of my CME for a couple of years as I would take these courses. So for um, the Institute for Functional Medicine, you take a one-week course, which is literally 40 hours. Wow in a classroom, um, taking this introductory to applying functional medicine in your clinical practice is what it's called. And then there are six modules, and the modules are two and a half days each, and usually they back them back to back so you can take five days together if you want to take these two modules. IFM provides so much information, it's unbelievable, and so there's all this pre-course content, post-course content where you're watching these webinars and having access to a lot of information even when it's not the two and a half days that you're sitting in the lecture room um, learning. And then after you're done with all six modules, which usually each module is only offered once a year, and so it'll take you a minimum of a year to get through all the modules, then you start the actual certification process, which involves... Um, writing up a very extensive case report where you take a patient from the first time you met them until now and have to really detail all the investigation you did and all the ways that you oh, helped wow. them. And then um, there's a very hard certification exam that 
I will tell you, it was harder than my electrophysiology boards. Wow. Um, it's, That's it's, impressive. Yeah, it's pretty difficult because it's really, I mean, it takes you back to first-year medical school biochemistry, and you really have to, it's applied biochemistry, which is um, very difficult for somebody who is really, like, in the heat of just clinical medicine, and I was very far removed from, you know, first-year med school biochemistry. So you, you had to dig down deep again. Yeah, but the interesting thing is that when I was in medical school, I actually tutored cardiac electrophysiology. And this was even before I knew I was going to be a cardiologist, but I just loved, like, the action potential of the cardiac myocyte and all the channels and how that worked. And um, so I taught that to other people. So, you know, biochemistry and physiology really is part of who I am. And so it and it's so concrete. I'm such a black and white person that um, it wasn't hard for me to turn so, to that realm to help people. So a lot of people, when they, when they see that they're, a lot of people that are probably coming to you have either experienced a heart attack or have experienced some sort of cardiovascular pathology. Because uh, normal healthy people are not probably going to walk off the street and say, you know what, I'm going to go see an integrative cardiologist. They're probably coming to you with some functional need. And it's and it's probably not something and it's and it, anything that deals with the cardiovascular system, these are that's the essence of our life, right? Is our cardio function? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a preface to to a very simple question. A lot of people think that these kinds of cardiovascular issues, either a heart attack, or um, occlusions, or some sort of dysrhythmia of the heart. That these are things that are very, are you once you have it, you're, you're going to have it for the rest of your life, and there's just no way to overcome them. It's kind of a dead end diagnosis. And I and I have to interrupt Adam because what a beautiful setup this was. One of the notes questions that I had for Dr. Bargus or comment was right out of the gate on your YouTube channel with your introductory video for your practice. You immediately talk about curing people, and I'm so glad you said what you just said, Adam, because. People have a mindset that when they have a problem with their heart, it's forever. Right. And so, it's kind of, you know, oh, well, I'm at the end of my whatever useful life here. I, I, I want to imagine that, you're, that you see a patient and, you tell, and you're saying to yourself, I am going to transform you from thinking that you are in an end stage issue to there's a whole new lease on life that we can get for, your, for you based upon things that we can do in a functional approach. Yes. Is that really possible for people? Yes, it is. I mean, once you have plaque, significant plaque in your coronary artery, thus far, unfortunately, and I hope this changes, there are not a lot of things that cause plaque regression. But a big part of my practice initially as I develop a relationship with the patient is to empower them and have them believe that they are not their diagnoses. And that their genes are not their destiny. You had asked oh, earlier what testing yeah. I do, That's and we'll great. get into that. But um, genetic testing can be very powerful and informative, but it's also really important to understand that your genes are not your destiny. You are not that diagnosis that's been written down, that ICD-10 code that you've been given. That That's is wonderful. not who you are. Right. You we're born to be this high performance machine and everybody has the capacity to get back to that. So do, is it only sick people that come to see me? No, thank God. I do see a lot of healthy people because 
there's this developing mindset that there is a prevention. And obviously I want to see people before they have disease because I do have a lot more to offer them when I'm trying to prevent something than when I'm trying to prevent the second something, if that makes sense. So I do a lot of prevention. Um, A lot of my education is kind of geared toward prevention and people understanding their risk. Even in my conventional practice, when you have a 15-minute totally insurance-based appointment with me, if I want to put you on a cholesterol-lowering medication, I'm actually giving you a percentage. I'm calculating your risk based on these sophisticated algorithms that we have developed from decades and decades of research to tell them, this is why I think you should take this. Right. Or this is why I don't think that's a good idea for you. And so um, people need to understand their risk, and they need to know that they can modify that risk. Um, I know in the, in the functional medicine approach, there's kind of a triangle of different things that functional doctors tend to focus on. One is kind of autoimmunity. The other is the oxidative stress on the body. And the, and the third trying, part of the triangle is inflammation. Do you utilize the, how do you approach the triangle of functional, functional yes, medicine? So in the world of IFM training, we don't really have a triangle. We have a hectagon. A hectagon. <laughs> There's two a things hectag- we left out. <laughs> hectagon, yeah. And so there's actually seven nodes of your functional medicine matrix. Can you help us understand them? Basically, we look at energy. So mitochondrial function is incredibly important. We look at inflammation and immunity. That's like one system. And I will tell you that's the most commonly dysfunctional node because as Josh and I were talking you know, off camera earlier, inflammation is kind of the root of all evil. And that's really kind of the premise of my... Or out of balance inflammation, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And... um, we look at structural issues, That's um, good. assimilation, which is your ability to absorb and utilize various nutrients. Oh, that's good. That's um, awesome. We look at communication, which is really just the Nerve fancy conduction. functional. No, the functional word for hormones and how oh. messages mm. are transmitted throughout the body from system to system. That's good. Your ability to detox, biotransformation. Oh, so oh that's beautiful. So your ability to detox. Nice. So phase own, one and phase two detoxification. Mm-hmm, and phase three, which is getting it out of the body. <laughs> it was only recently for me that the idea of the heart almost having this hierarchy of needs as it relates to organ systems in the body began to be a thought for me. I heard someone say something that was a functional medicine person and it kind of stimulated my thought and I'm thought, I don't really think about my heart, but I've never had any issues and I eat well and stuff. But where does the heart fit in in the hierarchy of needs? If someone comes to you because you're a cardiologist, you're always going to be looking at the heart, right? But is it really like way up there, like Adam said, as kind of the the thing? I mean, obviously, we we stop breathing and we and we go away if it's not <laughs> right. Working. Yeah, if it's not functioning optimally, then we're going to have issues, obviously. Okay. Um, you know, in the functional medicine space, Josh, we don't really have a hierarchy. Okay. I mean, obviously, if your heart's not beating, you're no longer with us, and that's a bad thing. The body, all the systems of the body are so interconnected, and every organ depends on another one. And I mean, I guess you can live without one of your limbs. Those aren't organs, but there's an entire nervous system between the heart and the brain. It's called the heart-brain axis. And I use a lot of that um, in my practice using heart math, which is this proprietary kind of stress resiliency program, which I love it because it's electrophysiology for the soul. And, what? And, Hold yeah, on. And so, so 
So it, is now, this a device? Keep, keep in mind, we've got a minute left. Well, so we're going to come back in the. Yeah, yeah we I want to hear. Yeah, I want to ask about her this. about her toys and some of these software yeah, programs. So, yeah, she and uses. you had asked about lab, what labs do I use earlier, so we can touch upon that too. After so the let's break. Uh, let's let's well, well let's talk about this after the break. I'm really fascinated to hear some of these stories and and some of these toys that you use because. A lot of, uh, I find, functional medicine doctors, they tend to gravitate to a couple of different devices or toys that they see are transformative in the context of their practice. I'm Adam Payne. I'm I am Josh Bell. You were here with Dr. Royce Bargas, board-certified cardiologist, electrophysiologist, and an integrative and functional medicine practitioner right here in Oklahoma City in the Edmond area. You can reach her at BargasWellness.com. That's B as in boy. A-R-G-A-S wellness.com, VargasWellness.com. Call her up, get a free consultation, contact her through her website, get get on her newsletter. You're going to get some great information, and we're going to be back with another segment that's going to rock your socks because we're going to start oh, talking oh, about oh, toys. toys and case studies and things she has seen. So this is Ultra Life Today. We'll be right back. Looking for some real answers for your health? Can't sleep? Dragging out of bed? Stiff and in pain. Can't remember your spouse's name? Join Adam and Josh Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. for Ultra Life Today. You'll get a chance to listen to cutting-edge health experts and pick their brains in all kinds of health topics. We'll be taking your calls and giving away life-changing Ultra Botanica products. Join Join us us on on Ultra Ultra Life Today, Today, Saturdays Saturdays at 9. Welcome back to Ultra Life Today. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Bell. You're sitting next to Adam Payne, and we have Dr. Vargas here in between us. We've been having a fascinating discussion about her background, how she actually got into functional medicine. You've uh, educated me. I thought that the pyramid was kind of the epitome of, of functional medicine, and now there's a heptagon. Heptagon, seven sides? Seven sides. Seven sides. You mentioned right before the break that you have some toys that you have in your, in your practice. I and I find this uh, over and over again. Every functional doc that we've interviewed, they have something special that they love to play with in their, in their toolkit. So tell us about this heart map and where did you find it? What does it do? What information does it give you to help your patient? So um, I'm going to step back to the heptagon, Adam. And so inside the heptagon is sort of a triangle or like a three-legged stool. Okay. And it's inside because it's our psychological, emotional, and spiritual health. Oh, interesting. And it affects every single node of the matrix. And that's why it's kind of inside and the foundation. So that's the, that's the relationship of the patient to themselves, to the spirituality, and to other people around now, Is them. that what you yes. were referring to as the heart brain? No. no. Okay, no, good, because I want to get there. So we'll talk about, there. so it's just important to understand, for our physiology to be completely optimal and for us to restore the most natural state state of health, we have to come to grips with any trauma, any psychological stress. That's so important. Like our mental health is a huge part of that. And a lot of patients want to sweep their childhood trauma under the table or something and forget about it. They don't want to deal with it. But you will never achieve optimal health um, if you do not develop resiliency to stress, which will bring me to heart math, and dealing with your mental and and spiritual and emotional health. You know, know, what I think is one of the biggest 
obstacles for many people in their health is uh, is forgiveness. When the people hold grudges or are perseverating on past wrongs that they've experienced, a lot of times that creates a whole slew of health issues because they're holding on to so much anger or pain or trauma, and they're not willing to let it go and to find healing in that area. And I've, you're kind of the first physician I've talked to that has even talked about this, uh, this spiritual access as being important. As a core of what you do, which so, I think so, is really cool. And so, so you measure this? Do you have a device that measures this at some level? I mean, stress and psychological trauma is inflammatory. And, oh, um, interesting. We haven't even addressed, like, my four pillars of cardiovascular disease. But, um, then we'll have to have you back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll have to come back for that one. I don't really measure it, but let's talk about heart math, which, yeah. it, again, is um, my favorite stress resiliency practice. So what people don't understand is that They have complete control over how the stress in their lives affect their physiology. Stress is inflammatory. It makes people gain weight. It um, causes diabetes. Like, stress is very bad for us. But um, Hans Selye, the, like, guy who determined, like, he termed stress from physics and, and how it relates to our lives. I love to quote him when he said, it's not the stress that kills us, or it's our reaction to it's it. It's our response to it's stress. It's our response okay. to stress. And so what I try to empower all my patients to understand is that they are in control of how it affects their physiology. And so heart math is a very objective, I've said it many times, I'm very black and white, I want objective measurements, I want numbers, I want to be able to help people. And so heart math is a technology that uses heart rate variability which is the beat-to-beat variability in your heart. And you might think that you want that to be very regular, but you don't. You want a very high heart rate variability. And it's a measurement. It's an electrophysiological physiological mem- measurement that is very underappreciated in, me- in medicine. It's actually one of the best global predictors of your health. That's incredible. It's available on your smartwatches now, by the way. What? Yes, I have it on my, well, I can Adam, give you my score. <laughs> um, I can tell you all I about feel it after so the left show. out and shamed. <laughs> um, <laughs> no smartwatch yet. <laughs> yes. So uh, heart math uses a, a device that um, measures your heart rate variability and measures your coherence. And so physiologic coherence is when all of your systems are um, in alignment and if you can put it on paper and measure it, it has like this beautiful sine wave of how we're doing. Oh, interesting. Well, when we're stressed, that that process leads to incoherence. And when you can measure it, it's this jagged, crooked line that's all over the place. And that's how we feel when we're stressed. But we have the ability to turn that incoherence into coherence. And when we do this stress resiliency work and we become more and more coherent in our lives, then those stress, as those stressors come at us, they have a much less physiologic effect and a much less power over us to cause disease and dysfunction. So they might create an increased heart rate, but it's not a prolonged impact upon our overall well-being over a longer period of time. We can address the stress and then... And then de-escalate it in a func- in a in a in a in a way that allows us to address it, but not to be to be driven by it. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it allows us to control our physiologic response to stress instead of stress controlling us, which oh. makes us so. So how um, so yeah. how do you even approach that with a patient? Yeah. So it's through um, 
the same way you have to go to the gym and exercise every day, you have to take your supplements or medicines every day, you have to do the stress resiliency work every day. And so a lot of people meditate, um, you know, a lot of people use prayer as their form of meditation. Heart math is much more objective and scientific than that. And so you wear this sensor and you have an app either on your phone or your computer or your iPad and you do this focused breath work and there are five or six different um, techniques that you learned through the heart math experience and how to modulate your stress response and how to increase coherence. And so it's just something that you have your homework every day. like like going to the gym, like how you eat lunch or dinner. I encourage breakfast fasting, by the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Like it's just on your to-do list every day. And the more you do this, even if it's just for two minutes at a time, five minutes at a time, two to three times a day. So you're throwing down the gauntlet here, right, for us to do something about this. What's the app called? What's the app? It's called Heart Math. Well, Heart Heart Math Math. is a company. So heartmath.org, I think, is the website. All right. Good to know. Good to know. I'll be having classes at Vargas Wellness soon. Hopefully. Excellent. um, First quarter, hopefully, I'll be launching those. And um, go to the website, the sign sensor, up. The sensor is called Inner Balance, and you can purchase it at HeartMath. Or you can get and, it on your your iWatch or your Apple Watch. Well, you if you want to do the coherence and re- resiliency work, you need the sensor okay. to use with the app. Your watch will give you your heart rate variability, and you can do your own mindfulness practice over time and watch your heart rate variability improve. But the key to do it to stress resiliency is to do the work, and nobody wants to do the work. Like just uh, sit in focused wah. breathing twice a day, meditating, doing nothing. People think they're bad meditators. There's no such thing as a bad meditator, and that is how you build resiliency over time. Interesting. So that stress, when a stressor comes at you, it's like water off a duck's back. You know what? I'm not going to let that control my life. I'm not going to get a cold over you doing that to me or whatever, because we are in complete control and people don't understand that. So are some people, Dr. Vargas, naturally just good at this and they don't know it, but would the largest segment of the population does not know how to really, as you said, make stress be like water off a duck's back? I mean, Oh, so there are definitely personalities that, I mean, you know these people that never get riled about anything. Yeah. Like I suspect... Maybe not you, Adam. <laughs> you and I are probably like pretty type A. Like it's it takes much less to light my fuse than people who aren't type A. I'm yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty resilient. It takes a lot to get me riled up about something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there is a certain element of your personality, and is it nature versus nurture? You know. Well, it's I, a I lot also of both, my dad actually invented biofeedback instrumentation uh, in the oh 60s. I, w- I was about to so, introduce so that. Is a form of biofeedback. Yeah. So I learned from I, I was building biofeedback instruments in my dad's lab in That's the awesome. 70s. And so I learned how I would through biofeedback, I can control my stress levels almost subcon- unconsciously. I know how to w- right. move into a space of just complete That's right. peace in, yeah. in my inner being. And, and it's so really beautiful. And so teaches you how to do that. Oh, it's interesting. Oh, so it's, it's a form of biofeedback. It is a form of biofeedback. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody needs to learn this. breath work and you... The power of the mind in our physiology is also very underappreciated. And 
like when you're measuring somebody's coherence and you have them think about the guy who cut them off in traffic last week, it literally like becomes the super yeah, jagged yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then when you're like, well, think about like a time when you've been the happiest in your whole life or like snuggling on the couch with your favorite pet or something, it just automatically goes into this nice coherent yeah, we, thing. So we used to measure alpha waves and beta waves in the brain because we, we went beyond just the skin conductivity and things like that. It's so beautiful. I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm grateful you've brought something full circle from my childhood, actually, and things that I learned as a kid into something that's actually back into functional. I forgot about these practices in my own life in, yeah. in some regard. So with three minutes left, I know our listeners love it, Dr. Vargas, when you obviously anonymously, you take a case study of someone that may come have come to you, and you can kind of tell us what they were like in their history, and then, you know, within three minutes... Take us to that point where you've seen dramatic or transformative changes in their life and health. What you did, what they did. Okay. I know it's a big it's so, a big thing for three minutes, right? Um, <laughs> so Adam asked a while ago what testing I use. Um, so I do this advanced cardiometabolic testing in my office. And people come to me, they've had their lipid panel, right? And so they know their total cholesterol, their good cholesterol, their bad cholesterol, which there's no such thing, by the way, and their triglycerides. Oh, I love hearing you say that. And so um, I do very advanced testing. And I believe that cardiovascular disease I mean, everybody should believe this. It is not just about your LDL, and that's what I tell people, too. Your cholesterol is not your density. It's mostly about inflammation, oxidation, insulin resistance. And I do this huge comprehensive panel that that I measure all these markers for all of these things. And then I can prevent cardiovascular disease even if your LDL is 180 because if I get rid of inflammation and I reverse your insulin resistance and you don't have oxidative stress, you will not get corn- cardiovascular disease. Right. Yeah, the plaque will not, will not, will not embed. Yeah, I, I loved, again, um, your definitive statement of we want to cure you at Vargas Wells. I'm like, that is so bold, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. so I do this comprehensive testing. So I have a patient, and he um, has had several strokes and he has cardiovascular disease, and he was a metabolic disaster when he came to see me. But for whatever reason, at this point in his life, it was like the last straw, you know, the last TIA mini stroke he had had, and he was very motivated to make change. And when I met him, I'll say, I was like, is this guy really going to do what's necessary? Well, I mean, I wish I had his numbers to show you because his report through all I did is – I put him on some botanicals for uh, cholesterol reduction. Most important, you know, I put him on this whole foods diet. I'll also throw out there that I am not plant-based. People think that you have to be vegan to not get cardiovascular disease, and you do not. So I put him on this whole foods diet. And um, I, uh, you know, gave him an exercise prescription. He had to do stress resiliency work. I treated his uh, sleep apnea. And um, his lab report three months later went from completely red to all green and yellow. Oh, my. Three and months. 
in three months. Ninety uh -huh. days and that, to and potentially change the course of that individual's life mm -hmm. forever and their longevity, how long they're on the earth, and how good they feel while they're here. That's right. right. And, oh and the gosh. other thing is that he it wasn't just, he didn't feel the same. He this guy would he's my favorite patient. He would he's <laughs> I don't have a favorite patient. I'm just kidding. He would, <laughs> that was great. He would call me good like recovery. every two weeks and be like. Dr. Vargas, you won't believe, like, my joints don't hurt anymore. Oh, this is awesome. I had this brain fog that's just suddenly lifted. And then he wants to do all the work, right? And he wants to be compliant. And he wants all of his numbers to be green. And so um, I, I just love that story because... Because you looked at him at the beginning like, eh, is this guy really going to do the work? you going to do what you have to do? And, um, like, you know, there are people that come through my door and... They want their pill for their ill. They just don't want it to be a statin or a pharmaceutical. Right. But that kind of mentality doesn't work. Right. Like, you have to be willing to make changes in your life. And you can out-eat any pharmaceutical, any nutraceutical, any exercise plan. And you really have to be able to make changes. You have to be incorporate movement into your lives, and you have to change what you put in your body. You've been listening to Dr. Royce Vargas. She's a board-certified cardiologist, electrophysiologist. She's an integrative and functional medicine, has her own practice in Edmond. This lady has just shared with us from this case study, she has the tools, and she can provide you with the roadmap. So there is this, this action that takes place. Probably one reason she mentioned that being her favorite patient was... Uh, he actually did the work. But look, in 90 days, the, the person's life was transformed and changed. You can get a hold of Royce Bargas at BargasWellness.com. That's B-A-R-G-A-S Wellness.com. You can get a free newsletter that comes in monthly. You can keep up on events that are going to be taking place at her practice. And it's very simple to get a hold of her and even get a free 10-minute consultation. We so appreciate you coming out. I can already think of four more episodes. Well, we yeah, would we, love we to got do the, with We need you. to learn the four pillars of your yeah, practice. Don't share yet. The fiery four. The Stay fiery tuned. four, yeah. So you've been listening to Ultra Life today. I'm Josh Bellew. I'm Adam Payne. And this is Dr. Royce Bargas. Thanks for joining us.